Hello, hello. Welcome to Flowing with the Punches. I'm your host, Stephanie Lord Enziazio of SLD Wellness. And this podcast is all about flowing through the sweetest peaks and navigating through the bitter pits of life so that you can unapologetically be yourself. We live in a society where online it seems like everything is rainbows and butterflies and sunshine and rainbows and i am here to call bullshit on all of that it's not that people are not always hopping on flights people are not living this dream life all the time people are going through hard shit all the time and they just don't talk about it behind closed doors they're dealing with struggles and you wouldn't even know it and oh yeah on this podcast i do curse so buckle the fuck up and get ready to go on this ride if you are ready to talk talk about getting through the things that are impossible, seeing through all the hardship, and finding your way through it, let's jump in. Are you ready? Hello, hello. Welcome to Flowing with the Punches, where we talk all about flowing through the sweetest peaks and navigating through the bitter pits of life so that you can unapologetically be yourself. I am your host, Stephanie Lord and Diazio, and Before we jump into episode two of the podcast, I just want to start off by saying that if you are enjoying this journey that I'm sharing with you so far, this raw honesty that I'm sharing with you so far, share the podcast with a friend and also leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this, whether that's on Spotify or that's on iTunes. And the reason that I ask you to do that is twofold. One is that the only way that the algorithm knows that you enjoy this and it shares it with other people who would enjoy hearing this as well is by leaving a rating. If you text me and say, hey, this is great, or you DM me and say, hey, this is great, while I will appreciate it and love it, the only way that the platforms that this goes out on knows, hey, this is something that other people should hear is by leaving a review. So if you enjoy this, please do so. And also, if you leave a review and DM me at SLD Wellness or at Flowing With The Punches, you will be entered into a drawing for the opportunity to win a free Reiki or tarot session with me. And That is something that I really want to gift to you because, first of all, who doesn't love free stuff? Second of all, the clients that I've worked with who have experienced tarot and Reiki with me have said nothing but amazing things about how it's provided them with so much clarity and understanding. And so if you are in a space where you're like, things are feeling a little murky or I don't really know what's next, or I just want to have someone that I can talk to to process things. Now is an opportunity for you to get that for free. So jump on in and share a review. And speaking of murky waters, today in episode two, we're going to talk about the peaks and pits of my personal journey. We're also going to talk about what the heck even is a peak and a pit. Uh, We'll also talk about the rise and fall that can exist when we go through hard things and lessons from pits that can make the peaks even better and also difficult pits that can also feel shameful. And I'll share some examples on my end as well as just perspective on how to move through all of that. So 
First of all, what the heck even is a peak in a pit? The way that I see a pit is when you feel like all is doomed and you're at the lowest of the low at what feels like your personal low, worst moment, darkest moments that you feel like you can't get through. That is what a pit is. It's like the worst stuff when you're like, oh, shit is getting shittier and it doesn't feel like it's getting any better. Whereas on the opposite end of that, a peak is when it feels like you are riding a high and that you're kind of in your golden hour. Like everything is great. It can't get any better. And you feel like, okay, this is what it looks like when dreams happen. This is what it looks like when everything is working in my favor. And Sometimes it can feel like when you are in your lowest moments that it's impossible to get to the tippy top. And other times it can feel like when you're at the top that you're like, I just want to keep this, capture this, throw this into a bottle, cherish this, and never go back down. And I'm here to tell you that both of those need to exist in your life in order for you to appreciate those things and also oftentimes those low moments the ones that feel shameful the ones that feel like things can't get any worse they often lead to those best moments top moments things can never get any better moments because everything that happens happens on a spectrum on a scale and it's like a wave You're riding a wave often throughout a day, riding a wave throughout your life, throughout different moments, and you can't have, without the lows, you can't appreciate the highs, and without the highs, you can't appreciate the lessons that you learn from the lows. And when you're in those lows, it doesn't feel like you can even see past them. Like when you're going through a really tough moment, it feels like it can never get any better, and yet... Those situations can often be the things that teach us, hey, I'm not going to put up with bullshit from a person, or I'm not going to put up with bullshit at a job, or I deserve better than what it is that I'm currently experiencing. And next time I am in a situation, these are the things that are important for me, or these are the things that I want. And I, for me personally, when I think of the things that I've experienced that have led to the work that I do now, it very much feels like it's a wide array on the spectrum because I have had plenty of pits, for sure. My friends can tell you that and probably would laugh because they'd be like, oh man, this girl's work history was just racist and a hot mess, a hot ass mess. And I agree. But with that being said, It also led to me gaining more of a backbone in the workplace and being able to quickly identify when environments were horrible and how to talk about it in those places, how to stand up for myself, how to come out of those stronger. And in the beginning, when I was going through those things, it made no sense. I felt like I was going to die in every interaction that I would have that was really bad, every racist workplace that I was in. And unfortunately, I have had many of those. I talk about it quite a bit in episode one, 
But to kind of expand on that, I had a period of time where every job that I worked at was racist in Pennsylvania and toxic. And then when I moved to Colorado, because I was so used to working in bad environments, I was used to working in bad environments. And so I continued to work in bad work environments, but my body was not having it at any point in time. That's the one thing that I can say with appreciation is that my body would not numb out and be like, oh, well, you need the check, so you just have to deal with this. No, instead, my body would be like, girl, no, you're going to have an anxiety attack. You're going to have all of these things. And I hated it every single time because I thought something was so horribly wrong with me because I was dry heaving. I was getting really sick. I was forgetting to eat. I was having panic attacks on floors, in bathrooms at work. So many, so many things that were happening that were debilitating and made it hard to function. I've had anxiety attacks while sitting next to a boss at work. I have had anxiety attacks while meditating on a weekend when I wasn't supposed to be working. I've worked in places where I had off on my birthday and then a boss decided to try to tell me that, no, actually you can't take off on your birthday. Or days where I was supposed to have off and then they would try to finagle the days I had off and be like, oh, um, it would actually be better if you took off on another day, even though they knew about it months in advance and people were coming to visit me. And all of those situations, while incredibly ridiculous, and I would never wish my previous work environments on anyone, I can say with certainty that those environments also inspired me to work for myself because I was doing so much for these other companies that I realized, listen, like if I'm going to be devoting this much time to this person and to this situation, I can absolutely do this for myself instead and do it with success because I'll take care of myself better than any work environment will. And that actually proved to be true for me. I know that that's not the case for everyone and that Starting a business is not for everyone, but for me, it gave me the control that I was really looking for that I didn't have in previous environments. Because in previous environments, getting up to go grab a drink felt like I had to ask for permission because they were always on me. If I went to go walk my dog or if I went for a walk, it would be where were you? I wanted to talk to you, even if it was before my shift started at work. And those kind of situations led to burnout for me, led to me really getting drained. And I had a friend once who told me that on the inside, my body was probably older than on the outside because of the level of stress that I was putting it under. And I remember hearing that and it hurt to hear, but I took it to heart because I was thinking about the fact that I was burning myself into the ground. But the one thing that that also inspired me 
about is the fact that you can reverse a lot of things that you do experience if you're willing to make changes and you're willing to make shifts. And so that's also why working in wellness, working with mental health, working as a doula, talking to my clients about boundaries has been a key part of my business because I know all too well what it's like to be in spaces that don't treat you with respect and then also doing the same to myself by treating myself like a machine. And that's also why with clients who want to make the decision to leave a job, we work through, well, what are the things that you've been experiencing that you need to release and walk away from? What are the things that you need to really prioritize for yourself? Because a lot of times I know for a fact that we can ignore our personal needs for other reasons, whether it's, I just need a check because I have bills I need to pay for, or I need to take care of this person. And so that's the priority. And if you can't take care of yourself, none of the rest of that stuff matters. Like fuck the check. If you are putting it all towards therapy and doctor's appointments, fuck the check. If the place that you're working at is leading to you getting sick every day. I'm not saying never work, but what I am saying is find somewhere that doesn't make you feel physically ill. And if that means you have to create that for yourself, then work on building that for yourself because there are so many opportunities that exist that won't have you have that fall into a sunken place where you feel like you can never get out of it. And I know that when I have experienced those difficult pits, there have been patterns that exist in those environments, whether it's feeling like there's this desire to prove that you deserve to be where you are, deserve to be in a job, deserve to be in a space, deserve to be friends with someone or deserve to be talking to someone. It's all about feeling like you're valued and hoping that someone will see your value. And the bitter truth about that is that if you don't see that in yourself, people won't see that. And if you encounter someone who doesn't see it and you know that it's there, it's so much easier to walk away from them and from that situation. But if you allow someone to just bulldoze you and ignore your needs and treat you like you're a robot, then they just continue to do that. They continue to bulldoze you. They continue to treat you like shit. And it's so important for you to see that value in yourself first. Because if you don't see it in yourself, it's harder to see when you're being disrespected or when you're in something that isn't right for you. My personal experiences with those rough environments were definitely moments where I can look back on them with more of an understanding, but there was a long period of time where I felt 
so much shame. I was embarrassed by the fact that this seemed like it was a pattern of working in places that felt like they were shitty. And on the outside looking in, it looked like my friends had it made and didn't have these issues. And that I just kept working in shitty places and being told that I wasn't good enough in work environments and believing it because I was like, well, these these people keep treating me like garbage everywhere I go. So maybe I am just lucky to be here. Maybe I don't deserve to be happy in a space. Or maybe I deserve to be treated like garbage even though I want to be happy and I want to take care of myself. Maybe I'm not meant to be someone who has stability in my life. There was a period of time where I was just kind of like, it always happens like this. This is always the issues that I have. Like those were, that was kind of the running narrative that I had. And it took a really long time to remove myself from that or to think that that wasn't true because I had a string of places I was working where I would get really sick. I would start working there and at first it would be okay, but I would burn myself out really quickly because I would do all the things and try to prove myself as being this person who can do everything. So I would be working all hours of the night, night and day, and it caught up to me. So I would get exhausted, I would get drained, but then the people I would work with would expect me to never take any time for myself and never take any breaks. And that wasn't sustainable. So I was working on overdrive and then I would run out of steam, run out of gas. And they weren't really understanding that, oh, she's exhausted or, oh, she needs to take care of herself. Instead, it felt like it was more so, well, why are you different? And in those moments where I would shift, it was because I realized that I was doing too much. And that if I continued down that path, that pit was probably going to be me just burying myself deeper and deeper into something that wasn't going to help me. When you're already at a point where you're dry heaving every day, having anxiety attacks and not being able to move and just being stuck on the floor, it doesn't feel like it can get any lower, but I've had moments that have gotten worse. I remember I had to drive myself to urgent care once because I had chest pain. And when I got to urgent care and they checked everything, checked my pulses, checked my vitals, they were like, you're fine. You seem like you're all right. So where do you work? And then as soon as I started trying to talk about my job, I started crying, started having an anxiety attack and I got put on oxygen. And they were like, hmm, So, although it seemed like you were fine on the outside looking in, the moment we mention your job, your body just crashes. 
So we don't want you to drive your car. <laughs> you need to have your husband come and pick you up. And we don't suggest going back to work the next day. And I remember when that happened to me once that I really started to see the trend because other places that I had worked at, different doctors said to me, you know, you don't even come into this office that much. You only come in here for your annual checkups and your blood work and everything is fine. But it sounds like it's your job. And they would always say the same telltale sign that made me realize that something was wrong. They would say, I'm not telling you to leave your job, but it sounds like it's your job. And so even though they didn't explicitly say, leave your job, because they couldn't be like, doctor's order, leave, leave your job. They were very much telling me, this is not a place that you should be in. And because I just kept falling into that pattern of feeling like I wasn't worthy of being in a place that would treat me with respect, that pit was very easy to fall into. And I think that when you see what your pattern is blatantly in front of your face, sometimes it can be easy to walk past it, like dance past it, like, la, 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 I don't see you, I don't hear you, or just literally dance with it. You're just like, uh, I don't care. This is what it is. I'm a hard worker, I'm an overworker, and this is what I do, or I'm a people pleaser, this is what I do, or I date shitty people, (laughs) this is what I do. I know those people exist, so I know you're listening. (laughs) Um, I think that it's very important to be mindful of what is it that you do that isn't helping you, because... You probably have something in your life that if you were able to identify the ways in which it's not supporting you, you could fall into the pit a little less because getting to that peak often happens from learning from those pits and through learning through those pits and figuring out your habits and being able to verbalize like, hey, here's what I've learned from this. And here's what I'm not going to do from this anymore. Or being able to set those boundaries with people when you first meet them, like just setting the space of like, I just want you to know, this is what you can expect from me. Because in the past, I was like this. In the past, I was someone who would bend over backwards to make people happy. And now I am more aware of the fact that I have to take care of myself too. So I care about you. I will care about you. But also I am going to take care of myself, which could mean not answering your calls after 8 p.m. Not answering text messages or phone calls before 9 a.m. Or in the space of work, Something that I had to learn the hard way is that I couldn't be superwoman anymore. 
that was a cape that I needed to retire and hang up because if I am not in a good space, I can't expect to then be there for others and be supporting for them. And that's been something that has been a big wake-up call because I, for so long, was so used to working twice as hard. And especially being a first-generation American with parents who came to this country in the 80s from Haiti, like, I was always taught that you just need to bust your ass. And if you do, if you work really hard, then things will work out. And then when I started working after college and saw that I had coworkers who would be an hour late for work because of daylight savings going in the opposite direction, AKA we gained an hour rather than lost an hour. And a VP would laugh and think that was funny. And if I was one minute late, they were mad at me. I was like, something doesn't seem right here. Something feels a little off here because it seems like I'm not personally allowed to be a human. And this person is allowed to just do as they please and it's okay. You just chalk it up to their personality. And for me, you chalk it up to what? I am a lazy black person who's a minute late to work. It didn't make any sense, especially at the time because I was 22. So I was just like, oh, I guess I just suck. Now thinking about it and looking back at it as a 31-year-old with my own business and with so much more experience under my belt, I see it as, okay, yeah, that was a place that I needed to leave immediately. And even though leaving that space felt incredibly hard and felt like something that was impossible to do, especially when comparing myself to others who seemed like they were on just this path of success. It felt like there was no way that I could compare. But that's also why now, at 31, I can say that you don't compare your path to other people, especially because you don't know all the shit that they deal with behind closed doors, whether it's in their work environment, in their relationship, in their family life. Like, you don't know all the pieces that exist there, all the struggles that can exist there. You don't know what's going on with them mentally, emotionally, physically. I know that for me, I learned that I am a pretty sensitive soul, that if I'm in a space that's toxic, I could try to stay in it. I could try my best to stay in a place that's real shitty, but my body won't let me. If I'm in any sort of, whether it's work or just like a space in which humans are there and I'm observing how they are, if it's a toxic environment, if it's a place that's really negative, my body literally will be like, nope, 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 you gotta leave this. And for me, if that's meant no longer interacting with certain people because they're gossipy or negative, or it's meant just keeping my distance because 
my body just doesn't feel good in that space. It's what I've had to do because my body knows when things are off or when people aren't right for me. And overall, that's also why I can say in hindsight that I'm not surprised that I work in mental health, wellness, the energy space. I'm a doula because I can pick up on that energy. I care so much so I can pick up on when people are just not my people. And there are some people who can just grind through it, ignore it, get the check, call it a day. I'm not one of those people. And I accept that I'm not one of those people. But in the past, I would shame myself for feeling like, why can't it just be easier for me? Why can't I just be like one of those people who can stay in a space, even if they hate the space, and keep going and keep collecting that check? I think it's for me because if I'm not feeling mentally stimulated, if I'm not feeling safe in a space, I'm out. I just have to be. And everybody's got different triggers. You know, I'm not saying that this is everybody's. I'm not saying that this is the, this is the standard by any means. But I do know that if you're in a space that is wrong for you, whether it's work-wise, whether it's making personal decisions for yourself, whether it's a relationship, if things feel iffy, you will know. And oftentimes your instincts tell you when something is off first and foremost. But if you ignore it, it will come back loud. It will come back and show its face to you. And if you ignore it again, it will shout at you. And if you ignore it again, oftentimes the universe will just remove shit from you. Like I worked in one place that I was trying to stay in so bad. And then it turned out that the VP literally decided to hire somebody behind my back for my job and told my boss, don't tell her. So of course my boss told me, and then I went on a trip and I came back. And as soon as I came back from the trip, I quit. I gave my notice and the VP was like, oh my gosh, is Stephanie okay? Is she all right? And my boss was like, oh no, she's more than fine. She's more than all right. Yeah, no, she does not want to be here anymore. And at the time, I remember being like, wow, I can't believe that this person did this. And then afterwards, I was like, you know what? This was the biggest blessing because I would have probably stayed in this shitty shithole for a while because at least it paid the bills. It wasn't really paying the bills. It kind of paid the bills. But every place I've left, I've been able to take those lessons and go somewhere so much better. And that's that's kind of the beauty of going through those situations. They're not beautiful in the moment. And again, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. I wouldn't wish feeling sick on anyone. But being able to pay attention to when something feels off for me is a skill that I now have 
and is something that can't be taken away from me. It's also something that I pay attention to whenever I'm in anything because if something feels off, I'm not going to do it. I will hard pass on it. I would rather just say no thank you than be like, let me fuck around and find out. Let me let me see. Let me let me see something real quick. No thank you. I would much rather just trust myself and know that if there's a reason that this is being shown to me as not being right, the reason will reveal itself. Maybe not now, but it will. And I would rather go with that. And those moments are hard. Those moments can feel like you don't even really want to look at it or look at yourself when you either notice that you continue to do a pattern of maybe putting up with people who don't treat you well or bending over backwards for people, trusting people you shouldn't trust, working in places that are complete garbage, (laughs) in my case, um, like that just treat you like trash. Or maybe it's befriending people that when you're around them, you don't feel like yourself. There's so many ways in which we can discredit ourselves and also... I feel like walk away from ourselves at our core, whether it's to make someone else happy, to make ourselves happy briefly in a moment. There's so many ways in which we can abandon ourselves when we just blindly move through things. And the real way to get through that is to stop and Check in with yourself. And sometimes when you do, you might feel like, I have this weird feeling and I don't understand what this is. Or I have this like sense that this is wrong, but I don't understand why. You don't always have to understand why. I think because we are very much in this logic-based cerebral society, we feel like we need to know the answers to everything and we need to know the answers to everything right away. And that's not really true you can sometimes just feel that something is wrong and say, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm done. I appreciate it, but this isn't for me. And then other people later on might tell you, you know, like you left that at the perfect time. That's happened to me with every work environment I've left. Every time I've left a place that has just been toxic for me, I've had people who are old co-workers who would say, to me every time like oh my gosh Stephanie you left at the perfect time because it got worse and I don't know how you knew but it got really bad and it wasn't that I always knew like oh this is going to be bad for everyone but I mean now that I know the pattern I would I can say that and I have said in some places like this is only going to get worse and so I'm out because if this is doing this to me then I don't want this But I think that when you pay attention to your own personal clock and if it's ringing and it's telling you like, get the fuck out or leave this environment or leave this space or this person is not right 
for you. This friendship is not right for you. This, this space is not right for you. I think when you listen to those things, you can't go wrong because you don't have to have something hit you over the head and hit you over the face really hard in order to feel right about something. So listen to yourself. That is the summation of what I have to say today. Listen to yourself. Even when it can feel like what you're feeling doesn't make sense. How can you listen to yourself more? And if you don't feel like you have the tools to listen to yourself because you are very logic-based, I encourage you to do more writing. I encourage you to do more meditation. I encourage you to take more moments of stillness away from stimulating objects like the TV and like constantly being on your phone. While those things can be great, I invite you to take time away from those things because oftentimes we have a voice that tells us things that make sense that when we first hear them don't make sense to us because they might not be what we originally had planned. But it starts out as like a quiet voice. It starts out as like maybe a nudge, maybe some sort of, I I have a feeling that something is this. And when it needs to, it can get loud and it can get ugly or it can get negative. But when we listen to it, when it's just like, do this thing, try this thing, give this a shot, step away from this thing, do this thing instead. When we listen to that, that's usually when we're able to explore different opportunities. And those are usually the ones that lead to those peaks. Those are the things that lead to those possible best moments and things that we might not have considered before. All right, y'all, let's move into the meditation. Okay, my love. So we're going to start with a body scan and then move into meditation and also going to continue to use the sound bowls because from what y'all have told me, you like it. So let's keep it pushing. So in this podcast episode, we talk a lot about the peaks and pits, paying attention to your body, paying attention to key things that you need to pay attention to, listening to your gut. And oftentimes we ignore those things, but usually it's a feeling in our heart. It's a feeling in our gut. It's if we have shoulder pain, that could be an indicator that something is wrong. And so I really want you to be able to take the time to check in with yourself and to see what is it that you're physically feeling. So wherever you are, close down your eyes. And before we start, let's take a few rounds of cleansing breath. Taking a deep breath in through your nose, filling up your belly, your chest, your back, 
audible exhale, sigh it out. <sighs> Again, take a deep inhale through your nose, filling up. Audible exhale out of your mouth, let it go. <sighs> One more round, take a deep breath in through your nose, fill up all the way. Audible exhale out, let it go. <sighs> Continue to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And I encourage you to, when you inhale in your head, count the number one. When you exhale, Count the number two, counting up to 10 with your inhales and exhales and starting back at one. And as you do that, relax your shoulders away from your ears. Release any tension in your low back. Sitting up tall. Relaxing your jaw. And when you get to 10, you can let the count go, whether this is your first round or you're wrapping up a second. Noticing if you feel anything at the top of your head. Moving down to your neck, do you feel any tension? Is there anything that you need to release? Check in with your shoulders. How are you feeling? Do they feel tight? You don't have to do anything to change it. Just noticing what your body feels like. Moving to your collarbones, how do you feel? Moving to your chest, do you feel any tension? Paying attention to your arms, do they feel tight? Do they feel loose? Moving to your ribs, how do they feel?
moving to your belly? Is your gut telling you anything? Taking deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, releasing from your belly. And how about your forearms? Do you feel any tightness? Moving to your fingertips, do you need to release anything from your hands? Do they feel like they're in fists? Or do they feel nice and loose? Making our way to our hips. How do your hips feel? And moving to your legs. Is there any tension that you feel? Moving to your feet, do you feel any tightness? Or do they feel okay? Taking a deep inhale in through your nose and out of your mouth. <sighs> Sitting here in silence for a couple of moments, allowing your mind to wander if it wants to. Paying attention to the cues that your body is sending you. You don't need to change the cues. Just allow them to be.
when you're ready, slowly begin to rock your head from side to side. Start to wiggle your fingers and toes. And when you're ready, slowly begin to open your eyes. Thank you so much for being here. Again, my name is Stephanie Lauren Diazio. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please leave a five-star review because that allows other people to find the podcast. It lets other people who are looking for the same things that you're looking for from the podcast to seek it and share it with a friend. And if you leave a review, DM me at SLD Wellness or at Flowing with the Punches and you will be entered into a drawing to win a free Reiki or tarot session with me. And I am looking forward to hopping into next week's episode with you episode three where we will talk about unapologetically being yourself aka what it looks like to not give a fuck what people think anymore i know that that one's gonna be a good one too so i can't wait to see you next week